0: Good morning! My name is uh, Jacob Kingsley. I'm the youth pastor here at Elevation Community Church, and I am extremely excited to be here to be able to talk to you about our third message through this series, The Star, um, about joy. We've been going through this Advent season looking at this symbol in the Bible that is the star, because in the Christmas story, um, all these different people followed the star for direction, whether it was the shepherds or the wise men, and it led them to Jesus. And so we're looking at this and we're saying, okay, if we follow the same star, what can we expect to find when we find Jesus? And so we've already talked about love and hope, and this week we get to talk about joy and next week, we get to end on peace. And so, I get the pleasure, I was going to say joy, but the joy to talk to you about joy today. Um, it's something that, that I love talking about. Um, if any of you were here when I gave my, my last sermon, it was about maybe a month and a half ago, a big theme in my message was joy. It's something that I am definitely passionate about. And so today, we're looking at the passage of when the angels show up to the shepherds in the field. You know, they were the classic story that, that Linus tells Charlie Brown what Christmas is all about. The, the shepherds were tending their flocks by night, and these angels show up out of nowhere. Um, and so we are going to be looking at that passage a lot. And so one thing that I wanted to talk about real quick before we even jump in is you're going to see that the angels tell these shepherds, do not be afraid. And it seems like any time you're, you're in a um, Bible story where an angel shows up, that's like always their first words to the person. It, we, we have this cultural understanding of angels, like a guardian angel. We look at other people's kids, and we're like, oh, what a little angel. And the people in the Bible, when they saw angels, they were like, don't kill me. And so, maybe a different understanding of a cute little baby next time you say that. Um, but and so, the angels tell these shepherds, do not be afraid. And these shepherds aren't wimps, um, their living is to make sure that whoever sheep they own stay safe. And so they're living out in the wilderness. They're bear gorilla style, surviving off of the land. And they're killing lions and, and bears and omis and everything in between. And so these guys, um, they, they get scared when these angels show up. Um, and that's the, the shepherd's response in this story is extremely important to us understanding what joy looks like. And so here is how Luke describes the scene. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 2, 9 through 12. If you downloaded our, our phone app earlier, there's also um, a Bible portion on that as well. And it'll be up on the screens for you to follow along with. Luke 2, 9 through 12. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The angel told them, all right, don't be afraid. Instead, I have good news. This is not a judgment prophecy. Um, angels and prophets would come from time to time and say, Listen, you guys are getting out of line, and you need to realign yourself with who God is and his character. But this this is good news. This is exciting news. The, the word for good news is the same word that... Um, the world at the time when a king had gone into battle and all of his um, citizens were, were waiting back in their towns and the king would send a messenger from the army to announce that he had won, that messenger would carry the good news. And so it's this news of victory. Um, and so this is the good news that these shepherds um, would have and it would cause great joy for all the people. Um, this gets me thinking because it's like the the world's greatest birth announcement um, ever. And one of my favorite things that social media has brought is the ability to watch complete strangers, like baby announcements and gender reveals. And I especially love when, um, whether it's the wife revealing it to the husband, and he gets really emotional and starts crying, or when they as a couple, like, Um, reveal it to their parents and they're going to be grandparents for the first time. It gets me every single time. I'm a sympathetic crier and the person doesn't even have to be in the room and it just gets me there. Um, But this is like the world's greatest birth announcement. Um, I don't know of anybody else who was, you know, announced by angelic beings um, to a whole world. And so after the angel tells them this good news all of a sudden there's not just one but there's like so many angels, and the glory of the Lord is there, and just his majesty is shining all around, and they erupt with joy. The angels cannot contain the joy in themselves with what this message is bringing, and so Luke continues, on in verses 13 and 14 says suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased and so today we're looking at what does this joy this message this good news what is it and how does it affect our lives today what happens to us in our mindset when we follow the start of Jesus and we encounter his joy and we say, you know what? I want to live with that joy. What can we learn from that? And so I have three main points today. And the first is that joy and pain coexist in this world. They can't be separated. The second is that joy brings connection with others. And the third and the final one is that ultimately joy leads us to worship. And so jumping right in to this first point, how many of you, especially just thinking about this Christmas season, the holiday season, how many of you have already encountered struggles or pain? And how many of you want to have joy in your lives? And so this is encouraging because it's not as though you have to get rid of pain and the struggle and things have to be perfect in order for you to feel joy in your life. And that's the strange thing about joy. Oftentimes we think that joy is going to come into our lives when we're absent of pain, when finally we don't have any struggles, when finally we're out of this bad financial situation, when finally this family member just stops ruining Christmas for us, we're going to have joy. Um, But the truth is, in this fallen world, they, they can't be separated. Uh, we're always going to experience some element of pain um, and and struggle and strife. But that doesn't exclude us from this joy and the good news that Christ brings. Um, The greatest joy, and I've seen this in my life, the greatest joy is always found in stark contrast to some of the greatest pain. That if everybody here, if our lives were all perfect, nothing ever went wrong, we would think, wow, it would be so easy to be joyful but I feel like we'd all have just this mindset of like okay this is how things are and we don't rejoice as much because we don't know the lows that God is so good to provide for us in and so it's in that pain that when joy comes into our lives people say wow that's real joy they they just lost so much of their family because of this they just lost their house they just lost their business and they still have joy That's got to be true joy. That's got to be something that goes deeper than just the surface. And the other thing is that as the angels come in and they say, do not be afraid, they know that the shepherds probably want to run. For whatever reason, these shepherds are afraid. Um, I don't know if it was just the fact that it was probably really dark and all of a sudden there's a lot of light. And they're just startled. It could be as simple as that. It could be that they've never seen just the majesty of of who God is displayed through his angels in such a way. And maybe it was even that in that time, they thought somehow the Roman government was after them. And they were afraid that something was happening. And so, but whatever reason, these hardened people, these people who usually probably aren't scared by much, are like quaking in their boots, and the angel doesn't just say, do not be afraid, and then leaves. The angel gives them a reason not to be afraid. That the good news, this joy, is the reason we should not be afraid. And the angel reminds them of the truth that they already know. That because of prophecies passed, because of what they've learned through hearing the different scriptures and being in the culture, they knew that that God would one day be sending this Messiah. And so the angel doesn't give them some abstract thought to try and hold on to. He doesn't give them a security blanket. He doesn't give them um, some type of comfort animal. He reminds them of a truth that they had been taught from long ago, that God was coming for them, that God is for them. And that is why we should not be afraid. It is good news. It's amazing news. And so this joy and pain, at the same time, they, they can't be exclusive. We can't look at the pain in our lives and give up trying to find this joy in our life. And when we look at joy as happiness, pain and happiness are pretty exclusive. I'm not happy about pain. Um, just growing up, sometimes with my brothers, but also through high school and college, there would be different guys who would go out of their way to let pain be inflicted on them, so that way they could like give no reaction and look super cool, and everybody would think they were like macho and tough. And I always looked at them, and I was like, I, okay, I'm a wimp. Like, I, I don't want that pain. I am not inviting pain on my own body just to look cool. It's not worth it. I do almost whatever I can to avoid pain. I mean, there are medicines, there are services, there are whole products and businesses designed to prevent you, the consumer, from feeling pain. We don't pursue pain. And so happiness and pain are exclusive. Nobody's happy when they're experiencing pain and suffering. But joy is different. Joy is this contentment and this gratefulness for the plan of God in our life, no matter what the circumstances around us says and so there's this guy named james and he writes the book in the bible named james he was very original Um, but he he has this verse and it starts off great and i love the start and he says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters And i'm like i got it easy enough for me and he says when you meet trials of various kinds and i'm like james You you could have stopped before there. And for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so this verse, like, for me, trying to avoid pain, trying to avoid conflict, everything like that, starts off great. I'm like, I can just consider it pure joy. But he says, when you face trials, when you're being tested, when things get tough, when you're growing and that growing hurts, consider that pure joy. Not just, you know, season it with a little bit of joy, but you can still be bitter and salty as long as there's a little glimmer. He's like, no, consider it pure joy. Only joy should be your reaction, even when you're in the midst of trials. That's a hard pill for me to swallow because that's not my natural disposition. And if it's any of your natural disposition, We'll meet you out in the lobby and take some notes from you because it's hard. It's hard to respond just instantly um, with natural instinct to joy during those times. Um, But the end result is that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, that God is growing us in the midst of those painful and struggling times. And this brings us to our second point. That joy ultimately connects us. And that's because that pain and fear isolates us. That pain and fear tries to draw us away from community, tries to draw us away from each other and truth. I am not a big fan of like scary movies. Um, Halloween is like my least favorite time for movies and going and seeing movies because there's everything is Halloween and scary movie themed and one of my least favorite parts is in the plot inevitably before all the characters realize that there's hope to defeat whatever it is the, the big danger at some point one or all decide that it's the best idea to split off and go by themselves somewhere. And you're like, I know where this is going. This is not going to end well for you at all. And it never does. And you're just like, wow, I could have written this. Um, and so it's the same for us though. When anxiety comes into our life, when depression, when pain, when fear comes into our life, oftentimes we isolate ourselves. We either don't want to open up because we think we'll be judged. Maybe we think, well, I just need to handle this on my own. Whatever it is, it isolates us. It brings us away from truth and community. And that's dangerous. It's harmful for us. And this news that joy would connect, it's especially evident in this story. Because shepherds, by their occupation, were isolated in, in two different ways. First, they were just physically isolated. They would be out in the countryside, they would be out in the wilderness, only together with sheeps, not great company, and other shepherds. And so it was just uh, this click of shepherds, and that's pretty much all they were involved with. And so they were isolated physically, but also when they did have a chance to interact with the rest of society, society looked down on shepherds. They were like the lowest of the low. Um, They couldn't testify in court. Um, They were just always considered to be liars and cheaters and thieves. Nobody liked shepherds. And so this news was coming to people who were by nature isolated, that this news that joy would connect them, and the angels are giving them this in, not just like, okay, now people will like you, but they're like, go and worship God. Because he's physically here with you. That this joy and this good news connects the unconnectable. It connects the people who have been isolated for their whole life. It connects the people who have never felt worthy to be in a relationship with others or with God. This joy is for all people. And that's the qualifier that's in this verse. Because the angels have this good news. They have this great joy. And they tell the shepherds who it's for. They don't say it's just for Israel. It's just for you, shepherds. so shh, keep it a secret. They say it's for all people, like go and tell people, go and see Jesus and worship him because this is exactly where you can go to these people who were probably never the first to get the good news. They were probably told through the grapevine, they were never thought of first, they They're never first in any line, Um, they were never first in anybody's regards, this is who the angels sent by God hear this message that the all people was for them. And so some of you maybe today, maybe fear and pain and anxiety and depression, or maybe just your past have isolated you. You've thought, you know, I come here because it encourages me, but I can't get into community here because I just can't get connected. Not with who I am and what I've been and what I've done. And this message is that joy, this good news is to connect you. That it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter what you've been through, but it is to connect you. And not only is this joy for all people, but it's something that creation itself participates in. In Psalm 96, 11 through 13, the psalmist um, who wrote this says this, Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. And so this joy is so comprehensive that it can't even be contained by our human experience. Even creation has to testify to this joy and the good news of who God is. And so the second point, fear and pain try and isolate us because that's when the lies that they tell and the things that they, tries to keep us down are most effective. When we are not a part of people who will remind us of the truth, remind us of the love and joy and forgiveness that is in Christ. But that joy drives us to connect with others. And so the third point, at the end of the day, what is our response to joy? What do we do because of this joy and this is where we get to talk about what does joy look like in your life not just what does it do but if you want to be joyful what does that actually look like in action when we're going through our everyday mundane painful life and joy comes in what do we do in order to foster it and care for it, so that way it doesn't wither and escape our grasp that way, we don't take it for granted. And I think the answer to that is worship. That worship is so much more than singing. That there's worship music. I love our worship. But worship is so much more comprehensive um, than just singing. Um, this worship is recognizing and celebrating God for who he is. Look at this The whole overarching story of Jesus being born. First of all, he's born and he is in this manger and he's basically in a shed out back. And all of our nativities um, basically show all the animals crowding around him because even creation knows who God is. And then the shepherds come in from the fields. They probably smelled like sheep, which probably wasn't that much different than the barn. Um, But they come in. And it doesn't tell us exactly how they worshiped him, but they went to worship him. Were they singing? Were they just in awe? Were they bowing down and recognizing that this was God and they were seeing God? And then later, these wise men come, these people from the East, these sages, these people who are are scholars, and they come in and they worship him. And they worship him in so many ways, but the ways that we hear about is they bring him gifts. They honor him with gifts, and they celebrate that Jesus is God by recognizing that by giving gifts. And so joy in our life as we worship, we need to recognize who God is and celebrate him for that. And so what does that look like when there's pain in your life, when there's struggle? Worship is saying, God, you're still in control. God, you're still powerful. God, you still love me. What's going on here is not that you hate me and you're trying to punish me. I'm celebrating and I'm holding firm to the fact that I know that you are faithful, that you are good. Celebrating God for who he is is seeing God loves people. That is an integral part of his character. So I'm going to celebrate that by loving people. I know that God owns everything. And so anything I own is his. So God, I'm going to give back to you. We can worship without music. We can worship without even words. We worship when we see a character trait of God and we celebrate that and we make that an integral part of our life and our daily actions. That is worship. And so you may be sitting here today, and for whatever reason, you might just be coming to church for the first time, maybe in a long time, because it's the holiday season, and you want to get back into that. Maybe you are invited, maybe you're here with family, and you think, you know, that sounds good, that sounds pretty great, but it, it just can't be for me, that there's no way this joy can come into my life like you're talking about. My life is just, it's too broken. It's too painful. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Everything that God wants to give, that's just, is not for me. I can't get there. Even if I wanted to, I can't get there. And so this is kind of what I want to end on as, as the band will start playing, is that there are three things that we can do to celebrate and be involved with this joy that Jesus is offering, that that good news of victory that he's bringing, that the angels announced so long ago, that we can take a hold of that now. And the first thing is that if joy connects, we need to stop running from others and running from God. That we have to pursue connecting with others. That there are people here who are broken and that's everybody here. That nobody here has it all together. And we need to, need to pursue connecting with others through this joy. The second thing, and it sounds cheesy because oftentimes this gets blown out of proportion as the main reason for Christmas, but we need to pursue being thankful. That as we want to acknowledge God for who he is, then we need to be thankful for what he's done for us. That we need to be thankful that He is faithful, that He is good, that He cares for us, that He knows you, that He created you, that He sustains you. We need to be thankful that even in the midst of loss, even if we're losing things and loved ones left and right and that's hard and there's pain in our life, that God is still there, that God is still in control. We need to be thankful for God. And the last thing, as simple as it is, is we need to worship God for who he is. That there is so much about God that we can't live our lives and and miss out on celebrating God for who he is. That his goodness and his love and his mercy and his care needs to be celebrated in our lives. That if we aren't doing that, we aren't going to have joy because we're only going to be looking at at the circumstances of our lives and we're going to be limited. We're going to see the pain in our world, and pain is not worth celebrating see god and our focus is just on god we're going to celebrate because we know what's in store for our future which is more of god and who he is and that's what christmas is honestly all about is remembering that christmas is more than just a baby being born that jesus was born and we celebrate that event that when jesus came into the world we now have a hope for a relationship with god we now have a joy to overcome and be through the pain. And we now have a love and a way to have a relationship with God and receive His love and love others in a way that we were never able to before. And next week we get to talk about the peace that comes because Jesus came. So we needed to celebrate this time of the year, not just because of the event of a baby being born, but celebrate that we now have God that God became available to us in every single aspect of who he is. That is Christmas, and that